good morning. Welcome to Faith Community United Methodist Church. We are here on this special weekend. Uh, maybe you have heard of the fact that it's Memorial Weekend. You might have heard of all the advertisements and everything that's going on everywhere you turn, that everyone has a deal for you. Well, let me tell you, that is not the only thing that's going on this weekend. It's also a holy day. This is Pentecost. This is a day of celebration for the church. Uh, we are not always thinking about what's happening around in the culture, in the world, and what they call a holiday. We are also drawn to what we know as a holy day for us. So let us come with that in mind, understanding that we are celebrating today, celebrating us, the church, being born into the world in order to be more and more like Jesus Christ, to let the world know that Jesus lives Let's turn our attention to the announcements today. There are uh, multiple things. The conference collection that we've been collecting, the laundry detergent and the shampoo, it is uh, still being collected today. And, and if you didn't bring it today and you said, oh, I, I have that at home, if you get it to the church by Wednesday, then we bring it to the office. Uh, everything will be good. I take it on Thursday when the West Ohio conference begins on Thursday. Uh, if you want to follow along a little bit of the conference, you can do that online uh, through, uh, I believe it'll be on the West Ohio Conference's Facebook page as well as their website. They'll have different opportunities where you can uh, listen in and, and be a part of that. And some of the worship services are also uh, shown, uh, and those are always wonderful uh, to witness. Also, uh, keep in mind this summer is coming. It is growing season. Uh, we are partnering with the, the, uh, our United Methodist men who are helping with a garden for the community, for the food bank, the produce that comes from that will be going to the food bank in the area. But the men need your help. They need your help to help tend that garden. So if you have those skills or that willingness, uh, make sure you reach out to Butch and find out how that you can get involved with that ministry that will be going on uh, this summer. And this week, as I was out, I was approached by uh, one of the leaders from the Emmanuel Baptist Church, uh, reminding us about Juneteenth. It's a new national holiday that many of us are not too aware of, uh, but it's a, something that we need to be more mindful of. It's about the, the emancipation part of, of, for us to understand more about it on Juneteenth. Uh, so if you want to look at that announcement, there's going to be a celebration on June 17th at Emmanuel Baptist, uh, and there will be things going on during the day, and then there's a worship in the evening at 6 o'clock. So if you want to uh, participate in that, uh, take note of that, and there are flyers available as well. With that, I believe that is all the announcements that we have this morning. Let us prepare ourselves as we take in the introit.
Would you stand as you are able for the call to worship? Coming from different places, we gather together as one church, one community of faith. Bringing different gifts, we come to offer ourselves as we are. Blessed by one spirit, we bring our unity of gratitude and praise. And if we join together for O oh, a Thousand Tongues to Sing, number 57 in your hymnal.
settled on each of the disciples' heads, which was a special kind of flame that would burn their hair, burn their clothes. And a lot of the people thought, these people must be crazy before they were drinking. But Peter explained to them that this was God's way of showing his spirit was with them. And that they were there to teach the people about the love of Jesus. So on Pentecost, we get to celebrate the birthday of our church. The flames represented the fire of the life of Jesus. And we're to share that with others. Dear God, thank you for your words in the Bible. Thank you for your church. We're glad that we're part of your family. Help us share your love and tell others about Jesus. We love you, God, and we thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name. And now, even with some people with cookies in their mouth, we're going to sing the prayer hymn, Every Time I Feel the Spirit, number 404.
No one in the spirit there? <laughs> Not. Wake up. It is time for us to pray. For us to be able to sense that spirit working in us. There's so much that each and every day brings us, that draws us to prayer. A lot of times it's praise when we're seeing things and that are happening within our family that are joyous occasions. We were talking about maybe it was a birthday or whatever celebration may be happening. People are going to be celebrating on Monday together as families in a, in a different way because they're doing a memorial or remembering the times that people in their lives that they had experience with them. We can take these times, all the different ways that they make us feel, and know that within us we have a spirit that is drawing us to be with the spirit, to be with God. So let's go with that mindset into our time of prayer this morning. Amazing God, we are so grateful. Grateful that you are pouring into us. That you are working in us and working through us. Lord, there is so much that we can think about that is so amazing when we think about all that you have created and what you have provided for us. How we are able to experience life to the fullest. Lord, there are things in our world that try to take us away from that joy and that amazement. Lord, Lord, you know what it is. You know how we are. That's why you sent your son. You know our hearts are broken that we uh, go around this world and we inflict pain on others. That is not what you created us for. So Lord, we ask that you continue to work in us as we experience these things that come to us and that we see across the world that just doesn't make sense. Lord, on Monday, we we are remembering those people who have lost their lives because of war. We are grateful for how they were trying to protect us from, from others, oh God, but we just think about what it means for us to be in war with others. It's happening in our world today all over the place. It's clear to us here that, that we need you to interact in our life, to intervene. And Lord, we know that your son is that intervention. Lord, we pray that you would be in the midst of all of these different battles that are around the world, but we know that the battle begins within each and every heart. We pray that you would disperse the evil that is in these people who are leading these wars. Lord, we know that you can do miracles. You can draw evil away and replace it with love and joy and peace. We call on this, oh God. And we ask that the inner turmoil within ourselves, that we can find this joy and peace and love. May your spirit be the one who works in us and draws us into these things. 
again, Lord, we are grateful. We're grateful that we have been awakened to you and your spirit. May we be more aware each and every day that you are at work and that you would call us into action. That we are inspired people, inspired to love those around us. Encourage us and give us courage as we are the ones following you. Open our eyes to your work so that we can spread this love and joy into the world that needs to sense it and feel it, so that wars will cease. And that we will truly be celebrating that the church is alive throughout the world. Let us now pray together the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Again, I mentioned that we are going to our annual conference this week, beginning on Thursday. And we have the collection that we have out front uh, for the laundry detergent and the shampoo. Uh, but we also are always connected to the conference, to our district, and to our community. It is through what we uh, give and in our times and worship and other times where we have offerings that we are able to maintain that connection to be able to be participating in something so much greater than ourselves in order to be able to reach all the way across the globe. We are able to do ministry locally in the area and beyond. And that is something that we should be inspired to be a part of. Ushers, would you please wait upon us this morning?
please join in this prayer of dedication. Creative Spirit, create miracles through the gifts we return to you now. Create miracles through us as we give our lives back to you. Create miracles through our gifts as we share them with one another. Truly, the whole of the gifts you have given us is greater than the sum of the parts. Thanks to you, our full presence in our lives and in our church. Amen. You may be seated. Our gospel reading today is from the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. The Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they have had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The word of God for the people of God.
So who has been to an Ohio State football game at the Horseshoe? Okay. Well, even if you are not a fan of football or, or, or Ohio State, you should go just for the experience of it all. There is so much more to the event than the game. You have to go early, mainly because there are over 100,000 people gathering together in one place. But there are also so many things to do before the game even starts. There's the skull session, uh, which in case you've never been there, at St. John Arena, which is right across the street uh, from the horseshoe, where the marching band gets the fans pumped up for the game as they're getting ready for their performance. There are, of course, tailgaters everywhere cooking up some of the that good game day food and playing games to entertain themselves as they wait before the game starts. Sponsors are there promoting their products with free giveaways and sometimes they even have challenges that you can participate in for the big prize. Vendors are selling food, Buckeye gear, and fan props like the, the foam fingers and noisemakers. Sports radio shows are broadcast on location with special guests talking about the strategy for the game. And there's more that goes on. It just wouldn't be appropriate to share from the, from the pulpit. So you'll just have to go. As the game time nears, the stadium fills up as the players are warming up on the field, the 100,000 people moving about, talking about a million different things all at once. Imagine it if you hadn't been there before. All these people gathered in one place. It is controlled chaos. Everyone doing their own thing, thinking about their, their own conversations, talking about their own predictions for the game while trying to get situated for the start of the kickoff. Then all of a sudden... The Ohio State University marching band drum line marches out of the stadium tunnel and takes their place on the field. At the first strike of their drums, the whole stadium stops whatever they were doing and comes together with a deafening roar in support of their Buckeyes. At that moment, the stadium is filled with team spirit and the focus becomes singular. They all are shouting out with one voice, but with different chants and screams of passion. They become mission-minded. Their mission, to support the Buckeyes onto victory any way they can as the team spirit within them motivates them. Everyone expresses their support in a, in a different way, but they all are moved by the same team spirit and the same purpose in mind. Stadium is full of spirit-filled fans. Over 2,000 years ago, the church began with a similar controlled chaos when Jesus' closest disciples were all gathered in one place. They were all concerned with their own thoughts and emotions, and I'm sure there were multiple conversations going on uh, about a myriad of a different things. 
Then all of a sudden, a rush of wind grabbed their attention. They stopped doing whatever they were doing and saw tongues of fire dancing about the room. And the scripture simply says, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. They became mission-minded. The mission was to support the mission of Christ any way that they could as the Holy Spirit within them motivated them. Each one expressed their support in a different way, or in this case, a different language. But they all were moved by the same spirit with the same purpose in mind to declare the wonders of God that were made known in Jesus Christ. In that moment, the disciples of Jesus Christ became the spirit-filled church. Friends, on Pentecost Sunday, we celebrate the birth of the church through the coming of the Holy Spirit upon Jesus' disciples, including us. Like Buckeye fans in the stadium are unified on game day by the team spirit to be spirit-filled in the stadium, the disciples of Jesus Christ are unified in the Holy Spirit to be a spirit-filled church with a singular focus to support the mission of Christ. God is mission-minded, seeking a right relationship with all people, and through Jesus, this is possible. Now, last week we talked about how Jesus' ascension was necessary for the Holy Spirit to be sent to all Jesus' disciples to give them that internal drive, that Jesus team spirit, if you will, to reach the ends of the earth as witnesses. The Holy Spirit may be given to us, but each one of us must embrace it and allow the spirit within us to overflow to impact the mission it seems like the church in general is running low on the spirit we have become reserved we have become passive we are not as mission-minded and motivated to make disciples of jesus christ as we could be we are concerned about self-sustainability But the irony is, sustainability comes through carrying out the mission of making disciples. We need to pray for God to stoke the embers within us, to ignite the spirit that has been given to us so that we can be a spirit-filled church, which our community so desperately need us to be. So how do we assure that we are a spirit-filled church? begins with knowing we are the church. It is each one of us who trusts Jesus Christ has given us new life in him. We are the church. The Holy Spirit came to rest on each disciple to inspire and empower us in our singular mission. The mission to love the world like Jesus does. After that initial chaos of the many disciples speaking in many languages, on that first Christian Pentecost, Peter, with a singular voice and a language that everyone could understand, focused on the significance of the event, saying, Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. 
These men are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Peter, inspired by the spirit, began his message to the crowds, proclaiming that the ancient prophecy of God's purposes in the last days has been fulfilled. There was no more searching or wondering when the time would come when God's grace would be manifest, made real. It had become a reality in Jesus through his life, his death, and resurrection. And as Joel prophesied in the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on all who call upon the name of the Lord. To be a spirit-filled church, we must be confident in who Jesus is and that the Holy Spirit indeed was poured out. To gain assurance, we must stay committed to investing in our relationship with Jesus. I may have said this before, but when we take our, our relationship for granted, we, we lose confident hope in Christ and the presence of the Spirit within us as we go along dealing with the daily grind and the seasons of hardship. Because if we expect things to always be easy, our confidence will ebb and flow. And when our confidence fades, so does the Spirit-filled passion. Some of you know I, I went to Ohio University, and I graduated from Ohio University, the home of the Bobcats. Well, my experience at Ohio University's football games at Peden Stadium was, well, quite different from being at the horseshoe of Ohio State. The team spirit was not as unified or even noticeable at times, and this is when I was there. The football team rarely won a game when I was in college. You see, the reality is most people in the stadium were there to watch the Marching 110 at halftime, which some of you may know a few of them. Uh, and then at the stadium, after the Marching 110 was done with their performance, the, the stands would just clear out. It's possible that the loudest cheer at the games from the, the pessimistic crowd was often this, listen carefully. What do you get when you take the H out of Ohio? O and 10. <laughs> that was what the fans expected the team's record to be. We didn't have confidence in our team. So we were not focused on supporting them in their cause. In recent years, it has been more encouraging to be a Bobcat but when it comes to football, I think I'm still going to be an Ohio State fan. The point is, as Christians, we need to find ways to remain connected to Jesus and confident in the Spirit's presence in our lives, regardless of what life brings. The Holy Spirit is always within Jesus' disciples. The Spirit's presence with us is just a part of our experience. The power comes when we are filled with the Spirit to the point that our confidence in Jesus spills over and pours out on those that are around us. The 
before Jesus was even arrested, he prepared his disciples for the time that they would be filled with the Holy Spirit. He told them, when the counselor comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who goes out from the Father will testify about me. And you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. The word in Greek translated as counselor, sometimes advocate, means to come alongside. The Spirit is sent to us to come alongside us, to enable and empower us to testify about Jesus, his life, ministry, death, resurrection. The Spirit speaks truth into our own spirit, giving us confidence to share the truth which has changed our lives. We must welcome the Spirit that is within us first and then allow the Spirit to inspire us, to, to reach out with our testimony, praising Jesus with our voices in the crowd and also in one-on-one -on -one conversations, sharing our experience with the one, the one that we have come to know in Jesus Christ, who forgives who reconciles, who changes hearts and lives, and promises eternal life. To be a spirit-filled church, we must allow the spirit to inform, but also empower our witness. Now in 1992, my wife and I, we moved to Iowa for about five years. We were definitely the outsiders uh, from being from Buckeye Nation. It didn't take us long to notice, though, that the Hawkeye spirit in Iowa City was just as strong as the Buckeye spirit in Columbus. After a year or so of being in the community and integrating ourselves into the culture, we could sense the Hawkeye spirit working on us and even working in us. Early on, when we were invited to football games, we, we went, but we didn't really join the crowd in cheering for the Hawkeyes. It didn't feel right. But by the second football season, the team spirit within us was building the more that we were steeped in Hawkeye Nation. There came a point when we let our spirit within us praised the Hawkeyes without feeling like we betrayed the Buckeyes. But mind you, if the Bucks were playing the Hawks, we were a little more spirited in our support of the Buckeyes. Friends, we need to reach the point that we let the fire of the Holy Spirit within us to inspire our spirit to testify about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So I ask us all, what keeps us from allowing the Spirit to overflow? Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to his disciples to assure that his mission to save the world could be accomplished through them. The key is that it is truly the Spirit that has come to do the work. We are just the messengers and the power of the Spirit, we all have the capacity to be the carriers and the proclaimers of the message of Jesus. The Spirit will accomplish the work that he has come to do. 
Jesus, speaking of the Holy Spirit, explained, When he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. Notice it is the Spirit that convicts the world. It's not us. When we respond to the Spirit and, and share our witness of Jesus, the Spirit convicts the world. Just by telling people about Jesus through our stories, our own stories, causes them to, to question things. Like, like what, what is sin? Why, why do I need forgiven? What does it mean to be justified by Jesus' death on the cross? What is it to be eternally reconciled with God? The Spirit convicts. We lift up Jesus Christ as the way, the truth, and the life. To be a Spirit-filled church, we must trust the Spirit will reveal the need of a Savior through our witness. It is not our role to judge anyone. Our role is to share our need for Jesus and the love Jesus offers to us all. Before we look for excuses for, for why we can't be a witness for Jesus and, and a vehicle for the Spirit, we need to know that Jesus has an answer for all of our excuses. Jesus encouraged his, his disciples saying this, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now, now bear. But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. Friends, the Spirit that is within us has access to all that is and can be known. Whatever it is that we, we need, that we think we need to speak truth into the world, we will be given it when we ask and trust the Spirit will provide it. The truth that needs to be shared in the end is that we all need to be saved. To be a Spirit-filled church, we must follow the guidance of the Spirit to fulfill our role of mission to make disciples. As a church, we can't be content with just having the Spirit within us. We just can't. We must be Spirit-filled, overflowing. So let's cry out to God, asking to be filled with the Spirit, to give us that confidence in Jesus that can't be contained. Let's welcome and allow the Spirit to inform and empower our witness, trusting that the Holy Spirit will convince others of their need of salvation. And let's follow the Spirit's guidance in our mission and the ministries that we have. Jesus is mission-minded. Now we must be mission-minded, stoking the fire of the Spirit within us to be a Spirit-filled church with disciples generating change in the lives of the people around us. So may we be filled to overflowing and be a blessing to all that we need in our path. Amen.
to share with one another. This healing from isolation is what I'm calling this. It's a ritual that we're going to go through that includes an anointing. And it's one that it's going to be an invitation. Because friends, we have been through a time. We have been through all different kinds of experiences. We are the beloved children of the Good Shepherd. We come knowing that something is just not right. We live in a world that isolates us from one another, that tells us it's, it's, that everyone is out for themselves. That's how we're communicated by our culture. We at times feel so forced to, to carry our burdens alone. We, we feel like we have... Uh, no need to, to name what our problems are, our issues are, what our needs are. We are told that we're supposed to swallow everything. We're not able, uh, we're not to feel shame when we acknowledge that we are vulnerable. We have been scattered over the past couple of years not just from our shepherd, but from one another. If we think about the past couple of years with COVID that is, has come and told us to isolate ourselves, we're just now kind of coming out after a couple of years. There's been things within internal in the church, different conflicts and different viewpoints and perspectives that have separated us. There's the political divide. We say we don't want to bring it in, but it's everywhere. We're afraid to talk to one another and are afraid of what it may bring out in each one of us. We are being isolated. And we need to receive healing. And the Lord, on this special Pentecost Sunday, we think about the Spirit pouring out on us, provides us with healing. So let's come together now to seek God's healing touch. Let us gather together in the, as a family, gathering around a table to bless one another and reclaim our place in the flock together with the shepherd. Let's pray. Healing God in the midst of our busy lives, the stresses, the burdens, and challenges that we face day in and day out. We miss the silent wounds that we carry from our lack of connection to one another. Heal us, God, from disconnection and isolation. Bind us together and build us in a community of support and encouragement. Help us be for one another, the body of Christ, tending one another as we are tended by you. Amen. We have anointing oil, and we're going to pray a little thanksgiving over it at first. Merciful God, we give thanks to you for this gift of oil. As your apostles anointed many who were sick and healed them, pour out your Holy Spirit on us and on this gift, that in turning away from isolation and toward belonging as family in Christ, the wounds of our disconnection may be healed. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.
At this time, I'm going to give you an invitation to come forward. If those that are going to help me this morning, if you would please come. We're going to have a station over on this side of the church and a station over on this side where we will, uh, one will anoint you and we'll have just a short prayer of healing from our wounds of isolation uh, over each individual person who would want to come forward. I'm going to ask the ushers to begin at the back and invite people to come forward. If you are unable to come forward and you still would like to receive an anointing, let the ushers know and after we have gone through the congregation, we will come to you and, and have this opportunity for you. I said this is an invitation for you to come and we'll be coming from the back. If those uh, ushers would begin to bring us forward, there's also a couple hymns that we'll be playing. You're invited to sing along as we work through this time of our worship.
join me in this prayer that we are closing this time of our worship. <clears throat> in your bullet. <laughs> Almighty God, we pray that each of us may be comforted in our suffering and made whole. When we are afraid, give us courage to reach toward one another. When we feel weak, grant us the strength to name our vulnerability. When we are afflicted, help us to persevere together. When we are lost, show us how to offer one another hope. When we are alone, move us to come alongside one another. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Please rise for our closing hymn, Sweet, Sweet Spirit. Spirit to fill us to overflowing, and then allow it to overflow, so that we can be spirit-filled church. Go in peace, may the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs>